All right. Welcome to episode three of the Swell Radio Podcast. I'm Wallace Chain. I'm joining my best friend, Sonny Wayne. Today, we're going to talk about success and what success means to uh, either one of us and what we think it means to uh, the larger part of uh, all of us. Um, so without further ado, before we jump on that subject, I want you to catch up. What was good last week, Sonny? What did you enjoy about what made you smile ear to ear? Hey, you know, um, good question. Last week, uh, I'm glad to join you guys for, uh, for that drive uh, down to uh, Tamale Bay. And that was a fantastic drive, man. Um, I hadn't uh, uh, driven uh, for a long time. And uh, it's nice to take out my car and uh, join you guys you know, driving along the beach, uh, the shore. Beautiful, man. I've never been to uh, that side of the uh, Highway 1, and uh, just beautiful, man. So, yeah, that, was a good so that, was, that was the highlight of the week, man. <laughs> There's this new outfit. They, they're not new, but they've been doing this, these drives up in the North Bay. It's a group called Breakfast Club Rally. And um, I first joined them in October, thanks to a guy named Gen. And Gen was like, you know, uh, all, all of you air-cooled 9-11 R group guys, let's go ahead and invade this rally and let's have a good time. And we showed up and there was like 200 cars at that event. It was insane. So uh it's been a few months i did do it again on january 1st so sunny and i took uh took a couple cars up and i think we had a group of 10 in redwood city drive mm -hmm. up to mill valley uh and then just kind of launch up highway one from there really good time really solid really great way to kick off the year absolutely um, so that being said you know last week we talked about um we talk Wait, about what about you? Uh, what was uh, what was uh, what was the one thing that you uh, you loved the most uh, from last? Oh, week? I enjoyed that too. I mean, it, it was a really good time, but also uh, I can't I cannot sit around uh, and do nothing. I, I learned that I'm terrible at that. And, ADHD. Yeah, ADHD or like some other weird complex. I mean, this time last year it was like the same thing. I was uh, I kind of worked myself out of a job. I had kind of nothing to do. I didn't really feel like I was adding any value in my role or in my life or anything. And I had a few <laughs> other personal things going on. And I just decided, I think this time last year, I was, I want to say I was in LA. That's right. I, I was in Disneyland for New Year's. And then um, was just in LA. I was, I was traveling for like three months. And I think I came back for a little bit. And I want to say I flew to London right afterwards. Mm. Um, so that was my one international trip last year before COVID happened and had to get back into place. But we could deep dive about that in success as well, because a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, think, you know, hey, uh, success is working yourself out of a job. And uh, ironically, I did that and I really did not like it. Um, but last week we talked about goal setting and how that's important and how your mindset is important. Uh, to getting what you want and, and really creating the roadmap to eventually what you hope to be success. Um, let's talk about it because I know, I know your mindset has changed uh, as, as well. But before we talk about success, you have to, in what, we, in what we do, we call eat some shit. You have to go through trials and tribulations and you have to experience failure. Is there a failure a specific failure in your past that has turned out to be a blessing in retrospect was one of the best things that has happened to you and has led you to where you are today. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, uh, I would say, I don't know if it's like one big failure, but you know, I mean, I had a, so many, um, I felt like I was failing every day. Uh, as far as uh, getting to this uh, practice, this business 20 years ago, and this is not an easy business to get into. Um, 85 to 90 percent of people fail in this business. You know, I certainly felt that. Uh, I understood why they, they had that, you know, ratio. And um, I'm going to interject so right there. If you haven't caught up and listened to the to the Genesis episodes, Sonny's a fairly successful uh, financial advisor, wealth manager. And uh, I run uh, a multitude of companies, but primarily a residential real estate brokerage, uh, just to catch you up. So we're both self-employed. 
um, and uh, I'll let Sunny carry on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, for um, uh, saying that. Um, yeah. So in in any um, business, especially sales job, and in the beginning, you gotta grind. <laughs> that's what I did. Uh, that's what what really how most people fail because they can't handle the pressure, the stress of, uh, um, you know, back in the days, 20 years ago, now I think it's probably a little bit of different, maybe not much different. I know there's still a lot of companies, you know, they do cold calls. Oh, and, I think, uh, it, I think did it's a lot of that today. Um, uh, yeah, and- probably huh, with a screen, uh, um, filter and uh no no i mean the technology is there i don't think the incentive is uh because of social media especially things like tiktok and instagram you know people think that success is naturally wealth and wealth comes really easy like you know in what i do people are no longer looking for their starter home or their first property they want to move from like renting to their dream home immediately and people think it's normal to just buy an old home and then spend hundreds of thousands of remodeling it, you know, because of HGTV and all this media, people think that's normal, but you know, that's the reality. I think that's the reality. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, people yeah. do think it, it, it's, and I see it all the time. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm also, I guess, part of the problem because that's what I did with this property. Right. But, um, I mean, what people don't know is I had a budget, right? We had a budget going in. I knew what the home was worth. I knew what we bought it for. And I knew the renovation budget that I could put in and still stay above water. You know, had I needed to sell the home, I would still get cash out, uh, right? And, and most people think, you know, you buy top of market and then you put money in. And then if you have to sell, now you're underwater and you may get your home's value back, but you're not going to get your renovation budget back. Um, but I think it's, I think, you know, with social media today, it, it's more and more difficult for people to get that mentality of putting in the grind and putting in the work to achieve what they want. And like you mentioned, what you're hinting on, you know, 80 to 90% people in, uh, in finance fail. Uh, but also that that stat is very similar for real estate agents and entrepreneurs and anyone trying to do their own thing. So the easy thing is really getting a nine to five and uh, working for that paycheck. Right. And there's an acronym that was uh, told to me, you know, a couple months ago, you know, J-O-B, just above broke. Right. Or just over broke, something like that. Right. And another thing that someone told me was, um People think it's crazy to go out on your own and work your ass off for like 10 years to build something and potentially never have to work for, you know, monetary gain again to build a business that will sustain you. Uh, But people don't think it's crazy to work for a job for 40 years and not being able to save much, just doing the 401k, the basic retirement planning and then having no job security while they age. Uh, and in 40 years, you know, who knows what happens, right? Um, most people think that's the normal thing to do. That's a safe path. Uh, and for, I think for a lot of us where we sit, you know, that's, that's crazy. That's almost hearsay, right? I'd rather put in front load the work two, three, four, five, ten 10 years and build something that uh, that will sustain and, and grow. Right. Well, that's that's why we're in business, uh, you know, and doing what we do, right, with all these so, years. So yeah, I mean, on that same note, I wanted to define failure. Um, I want to take your, you know, you talked about how, uh, you know, you talked about other people failing, but you never really talked about how any example of you specifically failing. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you, um, you felt like you're failing, but you didn't tell me a specific example. I mean, in my startup past, we've launched businesses and, you know, businesses fail all the time. Most businesses fail. But what I didn't understand when I was younger and less mature was you think you want to go into business with your best friend. So all of you get together, you put your resources, you, you fund a business together, and then you realize you know, you go into business together because your friends or your good friends, whatever you want to call it, 
but you haven't worked under the pressures of a business. You haven't worked under stressors of a failing business. When everything is going well, it's hunky-dory, things are great, you know, uh, you're very happy and you're working with your best friends. When your business is failing, you're not making money, you're running out of runway, things get stressed, fingers get pointed, and those friendships collapse, right? They never, you're never as good friends as again. And, uh, you know, those are some of the lessons I've learned on my journey, which is uh, why, you know, I'm really hesitant to ever do business with friends or family or or that matter, right? Uh, Just because I know my personality, I know my expectations. And um, yeah, I know what I'm capable of. And, and, you know, it's not something I want to share with exactly friends and family in that that circumstance. Um, But understanding that has allowed me to architect Metis in a way where I didn't launch that. I mean, I originally did launch it with a friend, but when I brought on the new team, you know, it was business first and then friendships later. And now it's been five or six years and it's, it's a good thing going and we're still rapidly growing. And although it's, uh, I mean, I would argue it's probably one of the most rewarding startup ventures I've been in uh, purely because we're not working for profit anymore. We're really working for people and helping everyone live better. Uh, yeah. But that's one example of where I failed and how that has led me to what I'm doing today. Was there a specific failure point in your life that you felt like contributed to who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, you know, I was just saying that when I first got into business, um, I, this was even before, uh, well, actually right after I met you um, at uh, Express. And, uh, you know, I was doing that, um, the sales job at uh, the re- uh, in the retail store. And, and then I, you know, I, I po- post my resume online and that company uh, recruited me and the insurance company recruited me. And um, so I started an internship with that company. Now you have to understand that, you know, that at that point, I was very young. I was about 20, 21 years old. Right. And uh, I barely just moved to this country and uh, I, could, I could barely speak English. <laughs> and uh, I knew no one here. Uh, you know, the only family member I had was my mom. <laughs> so there was no war market for me either. <laughs> um, and uh, when I first joined the company, um, I actually heard that this company um, have, has really good training for their, uh, their salespeople. But um, you know, that wasn't quite the experience I had. Um, I wasn't ever trained. The only thing I got was a phone and a cubicle and a yellow, a yellow page. <laughs> um, my manager at the time just told me that, you know, go dial 200 times a day and see what happens. That's pretty much what I did. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, in, in retrospect, you, you actually realize why they do that, right? I mean, it's really yeah. hard. People think, that you're magically going to have mentors in life, that people are just going to go out of their way, out of their goodness of their hearts, teach you a business and teach you how to become successful. But I think that really has to come from a drive from within, right? I could show you all the tools, right? So we hire agents and we train them kind of the same way, right? And I don't, I don't tell them that I'm, we're training them. We're just a sounding board because they're going to try everything to get traction. And we're, we've done a whole lot of things in our sales roles that we could kind of fine tune and adjust their approach. So they have a better chance of obtaining ROI. Right. And I've never given them a yellow book and told them to dial 200 times, but there's been times where I wish I could still do that because (laughs) I think I'm kind of, you and I are kind of a last dying breed where I think most people haven't picked up a yellow book, right? The only time you pick up a yellow book is when they leave it on your doorstep, you pick it up and you put it in the recycling bin, right? No one keeps a yellow pages, a yellow book anymore. But uh, oh, yeah. I think- That, was, that were, was my best friend at the time. The phone right? and the yellow page, it was my best friend. <laughs> when, we were, when we were first learning sales, you know, that's kind of that's what we did. And then there was the internet, there's Yahoo. And I searched, you know, a bunch of, uh, pros- I prospected that way, but you had to learn these skills and there was no easy way to teach them. So 
how they teach them, how you learn is really through the act of doing, right? Yeah. I mean, put yourself in your manager's shoes. How would you train yourself? Oh, no, I'm very happy that, that I went through the, the, the way that I did because uh, that's, that's what I was going to say that um, I failed a lot, um, you know, every day, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Every time I get hung up, rejected, that was a fail, <laughs> right? Right. Um, I, so <laughs> I, had to, uh, I had to eventually tell myself that, wait a minute, why am I taking this so personal? Because these people don't really know me, right? Why am I feeling so bad about getting rejected, again, getting hung up on? These people never met me. I would never meet him, meet these people. So I had to tell myself that to re reset my mindset, basically, right? Um, to say that, you know, this is basically part of the process, you know, um, and uh, I just got to do it. So, I, you know, that was part of it, um, the, the cold calling and the meeting people. And uh, I remember I was just meeting so many people and I was not getting a lot of sales. Um, so talking about failure, I failed a lot every single day for many years. <laughs> That's a great like epiphany because some people get like pummeled down, right? Because they're getting hung up and they're being told no. And then they're going to meetings and they're excited and like, you know, Hey, you know, it's not the right time or this wasn't what I thought, or I'm not going to buy anything from you. And, you know, you're hitting the ground, you're making calls, you're putting in all this effort, but you're getting like no return, no ROI. And the point I wanted to drive home was failure really only happens when one gives up when one says, I can't do this anymore. I, I, I need to find another path. I just, this is not for me anymore. Right. I got to do something else. Maybe I got to find another job or another hustle or another something else. That's when one truly fails. But for a lot of people that have succeeded, and I see this with like new agents and, and new entrepreneurs all the time, they're always asking, show me the way, show me how you did it. Um, how do I get to where you've gotten? And a lot of top producers, a lot of successful entrepreneurs, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to give advice. The only words many people say is, you know, Hey, work harder or go bust your butt off or, uh, Hey man, there's no shortcut. You got to put in the work. Right. Would you agree? No, oh, absolutely. Pretty much. That's what I did. Um, you know, I, I put in a lot of work in the beginning. Um, and, uh, I just, uh, you know, it was funny that sometimes I look back, I was just like, how did I succeed in this business? How, how did I do it? There are times, you know, I tell you, I'm sitting in my car, going on appointments. I'm just like, my God, I met all these people. Nothing came out of it. I was so frustrated. Right. Uh, but then I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it. I didn't stop. I just kept doing it. Because I remember what they told me was that all you have to do is just activity, more activities. That's mm -hmm. it. Don't worry about the results. Okay. The results will come as more long as you have meetings, the activity. Right? Just right. keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it. Don't worry about the failure. You know, just keep on going. Every time you fail is one step closer to success. Yeah. And I, that's very cliche, but I, I don't think anything is closer to the truth. Right knock on that door, you're going to get a yes or a no, but you know for sure, and then you can move on to the next. That being right. said, let's move to the topic at hand. Um, what does success mean to you today? I know, let's, let's move back a little bit. So when you were working, say, 20 years ago, growing your, your practice and, and just getting traction, what did you define as success then? And how do you define success today? Yeah, at the time, all I wanted was to, you know, I can tell you it's very different. So um, what I thought was success at the time and uh, comparing to what I'm thinking about success today is very different. I, I think uh, I might continue to change in the future. Um you know, back in the days, you know, um, when I just uh, started the practice, I, I really just wanted to be a successful financial advisor. And uh, what, what, what did that mean to me was that, you know, uh, when I was with that company, uh, 
Um, now I'm independent. But when I was with that company, that that meant was uh, to me was being on the stage, being recognized by the fellow um, colleagues, you know, and my managers, my my boss, right, the company everywhere, um, and um, uh, being on the top of that list, you know. And that was my, that was the definition of success at the time, right? The, how much uh, I, I, uh, I generated in that year, how much I sold, you know, how much profits I brought in for the company. And uh, uh, that was basically my, uh, my definition of success. And, and then later. Um, did, you, did you ever achieve that? Were you ever on the top producer list? Were you ever on stage? I want to ask. I you did. That. I also want to yeah. ask you what made you realize that, hey, maybe this is not for me. It's time to go out and do your own thing. Yeah. Um, when I was intern, I was actually the top three intern uh, or top ten intern in the country out of like two thousand over two thousand interns, and then I was number one in the West. Um, so that was uh, the early success I, I, I got a taste of um, in this career. And um, um, but eventually I joined, I, you know, I became full time uh, advisor with this company. And, uh, I, you know, in the in the in the office, you know, uh, I was still doing pretty well. Uh, but after one year, um, you know, uh, I started thinking like, you know, Okay, so what is this all about? You know, um, okay, you know, I've never done anything else other than this, really, like a real job, right? Um, I don't know what else I could do. Uh, I'm in the heart of the Second Valley, you know. This is the tech center of the world. I mean, <laughs> you're pretty good at folding shirts and pants and dressing. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, I was really good at selling pants. I don't know if you know the That's story. Right. You won the contest. <laughs> Yeah, there was one whole week uh, we had this contest, you know, whoever sold the most pair of pants will win a pair of free pants. I went every day until one day, I remember it was a Saturday, I was working with this uh, other lady, and she's like, please don't win, my, my boyfriend's birthday today, and I really need to uh, get him a, a pair of pants, <laughs> so can you just let me win? I'm like, okay, all right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but you know what, that was a turning point for me, though. That's when I realized that, hey... I'm actually kind of good at selling stuff, right? Why am I capping myself at $10 an hour and free pair of pants? You know, why can't I just go out there and make as much as I can based on how much I work? I was going right? to talk about how hilarious it is looking back at the little incentive. This pair of pants that cost them maybe like, I don't know, five bucks to make would incentivize you to work gosh, what, six, eight-hour shifts for an extra, like, $5 on the company? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's amazing because I don't think All right. any – yeah, I, I don't think I could pay you – so what is that, 85 bucks for a whole day to do menial tasks? I think if I tossed you 100 bucks a day and asked, Sunny, can you do all this shit for me today? <laughs> you would go, no way. <laughs> Not anymore, man. <laughs> Time is more valuable now, right? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, I uh, now it's completely different. You know, I will share um, a little bit later um, what success means to me. But, you know, yeah, I'd like to hear from you as well. Was, you know, what's changed? Uh, what was it like before and now? I mean, you've known me for a long time. And we clearly talked about this. You know, Sunny used to live in a condo in uh, Mountain View. Uh, right on the border of, uh, was it Moffitt and 80? Moffitt Field, yeah, yeah. Moffitt, right? And he had this yeah. green couch. And so I would pop in and I would always just lounge out on the green couch and we would talk like for hours, right? Um, and back then, I wanted, I thought I wanted to be financially independent and I wanted to retire like at 30. Right. And I don't know how old I was when having this conversation. I was probably like, I think just out of college or in college, but probably early 20s was when we had this conversation. I felt like, you know, that was enough time to get financially ready um, and then and then just retire. But 
Um, that clearly didn't happen. And I, I don't think I'm at that level of wealth today either. I think I wanted, I think my target was like 30 million, you know, in, in the bank or something like that. Right. Cause we did that. We generated just off the interest. And honestly, it's kind of a crazy, um, thought process because, I don't think that actually just living off the interest of that, I can't do what I do today. Um, and what I've learned is as we age, our thought processes have changed. And uh, when we talk about Asimov's uh, pyramid uh, of needs, I think one is to become financially you know, independent because that allows you to make different decisions, allows you to change what success means. Uh, those who haven't achieved that or are still putting in the work and still putting in the grind and, and still working towards being able to uh, afford their basic needs, like, you know, putting food on the table, a roof over their head, a decent bed to sleep on, a reliable car. I think you're focused on those things first before you focus on the bigger picture. Um, I think both of us are what many people consider at the minimum financially independent. I mean, I don't recall the last time grocery shopping, I looked at the price of anything or going into a restaurant and looking at the price of an entree or a drink. I think these days we just order whatever you want and whatever the total is, whatever the total is not something that we stress about anymore. Um, but clearly like in college and young professionals that mattered. Um, and achieving those tiers allows you to think kind of bigger and broader. But today, you know, success to me means, like you mentioned, time is the one asset class we can't produce more of. So I'm always interested in how to maximize my time. How do I get maximum productivity for not just today or what we're working on, but for the rest of my life, right? Because uh, our time is limited. No one, tomorrow's never guaranteed. And you wanna feel good, like you're making a dent in the world. And how we do that and how I define success today is really the ability to one, uh, take care of ourselves and take care of the immediate ones around us, meaning uh, our spouses, our children, our parents, those are closest around us, and also friends, because friends are the family that we get to choose, and make sure that they're in as good of a position as possible. And then from there out, how we impact those around us, right? How we inspire and create opportunities for those around us and for them to grow financially and for them to go through the same mindset cycles and for them to impact that on their community. So you create a domino effect that uh, keeps on giving in that, in that circumstance. And to me today, that is what we work for, at least in Metis. I mean, our company motto is live better. By helping our clients live better, they help us live better. When we live better, we help those around us live better. And I think that is a stronger message and a better buy-in than any one person acquiring uh, wealth um, and doing whatever so-called they want. Because in my opinion, that is selfish and that is not something that's, bigger than ourselves. Um, so that is what success means to me today. And that's what we all work for and strive for. And I think we've been doing that for a few years and it feels right. I'm sure that may change in five or 10 years, uh, but that's how I'm defining success today. How about you? Yeah, you know, I hear you, man. It's uh the definition of success changes for everyone uh, from time to time. And like I said, you know, uh, when I was, uh, you know, early on in the career, I defined success as being on stage, being recognized, you know, making as much as possible. Later, you know, I decided that, hey, I want to shoot, shoot for a higher goal. I, I, you know, I shared this with you before that, I, you know, I wanted to be worth $10 billion by the time I'm 40, you know. 
I wanted I wanted to end up on that fortune um, what fortune the uh, richest uh, people in America um, top ten you know that was my my target so um, I did a startup uh, you know during that time and just to achieve that goal but you know later I discovered that you know why did I you know why am I working so hard for this. Uh, I imagine, uh, I asked myself this question. So if you had a $10 billion right now, what would you do with it? You know, uh, at the time, myself couldn't answer that question. I didn't know how to answer. I was like, $10 billion, that's a lot of money. I don't even know what to do with $10,000 right now. <laughs> you know, so uh, um, so then I, 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 I changed my goal. I, that, that right there changed my goal. That, you know, that is not what I wanted. Money should not be the target for me, okay, should not be the goal. And um, uh, so throughout the years, I start figuring out, you know, uh, what I wanted in life, and what success mean to me. Um, so first of all, I want to talk about, you know, I, I believe that success is measured by the achievements of your goals. So, um, you know, without setting those goals, um, it's really hard to measure, you know, your success. I feel like, um, you know, we talked about goal settings last week, and uh, I think that's that's an important uh, subject. You know, you, uh, people who are listening right now. I, I suggest you, you know, you, you uh, listen to our last podcast about setting goals. So, but today, you know, I think is kind of related to success. Without setting goals, you know, if you don't know where you're going, how do you measure that success? How do you even know that you you achieved it, right? So, you know, I don't mean that, you know, every goal has to be big, okay? Your goals can be as small as say, today, I just want to go for a run for two hours. I just want to go run for two hours. Now, the end of the day, I did it. That's success to me, mm -hmm. right? So just that little bit of an accomplishment that gives me, you know, that builds that confidence in me that, hey, you know, I have done it. I know that, you know, I am capable of doing things, accomplishing things, right? So without the goal, I think success means nothing, you know, um, there's no way to measure it. Well, you got to have, you got to have intent, right? And then you have to back the intent with action. And a lot of people say so-called set goals, right? I want to do this. I want to achieve that, but they don't have the action to back it, Right. We use the example of, I want to win the lotto one day, but you don't go out and buy a lotto ticket, right? You're never going to achieve that goal because you don't have the action uh, towards it. And I have two like examples that I've been using lately in regards to that. Uh, one was uh, shared with me by, um, I guess, former Miss California, Crystal Lee. And her thing was on physical fitness and uh, workouts. I wake up and I do a workout, right? And a lot of people think that's natural or that's just my morning routine. I hate it. It drives me crazy, but I also can't function without it, right? Um, her whole thing is going for a run, yet she hates running, right? So how do you get in that mindset of doing that? What she'll do is I may not go outside with attention to running, but I will go outside and start with a 15 minute walk. And that 15 minute walk more often than not turns into uh, like a half an hour, 45 minute run, right? So you kind of got to take baby steps and warm up and, and get there. And on the entrepreneurship side of things, you know, people are always reaching for those big goals. Like you mentioned, you know, 10 billion, that's where I want to exit at, but they don't talk about the starting steps. And what I enjoy about what we do is teaching people how to make a dollar because if you make a dollar, now you know how to make two. If you can make two, you can make four, right? In sales, it's the same thing. If you know how to make one sell, then you can make another. If you can make that one, then you can make another. So you really define you know, your, own, uh, your own income ability depending on how much work you want to put in, right? So I know what it takes to make a buck. If I want to make a hundred, I know how much work I need to put in. I need to make a thousand. I know how much more work I need to put in. 
Um, but um, you got to have actions behind your intent. Right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, man. Um, you know, and also I wanted to mention this is that, you know, um, we talked about uh, failure earlier. So um, a lot of people tend to give up when they hit, you know, uh, a certain point that they just, uh, they can't, they can't, you know, um, they just can't go on anymore. So they want to quit. So my, my advice is that, you know, um, don't quit. Okay. Just continue to, to try. Well, let's actually, I, let's actually talk about that, right? There's a really popular cartoon about two miners digging, right? And they're digging down or they're digging up. I can't remember, but one of them has dug this big hole and the only thing that's separating him and the big prize of the diamond mind is maybe like two more strikes of the pickaxe. But that axe is on his shoulders and he's walking back to the tunnel saying there's no diamonds here. The other guy is digging feverishly and he eventually breaks through. We talked about how to get past the hump, right? Um, because every entrepreneur, every uh, person goes through that, right? How do you do things that you don't want to do, right? Um, like when I get up in the morning, the thing I want to do is go for a workout, but also getting to that workout is a journey in itself for me. Mm -hmm. um, what I tend to do is I just understand that I need to get it out of my way. It's not something I enjoy, uh, but I enjoy the process of it. And I know if I did it, it feels like a win and I could get on with the rest of my day. The days that I do a workout in, the more productive I am. The days I don't do a workout in, the messier and rougher they are. So I wake up and I just force myself to do it. I tell myself, Wallace, you'll thank yourself later. Mm -hmm. Go in there, break a sweat, enjoy it as much as you can, and the rest of the day will be easy. How do you talk yourself into doing the things that you don't like, but you have to do? You know, that's exactly what I was going to talk about is that, you know, I, I feel like um, um, too many people are just too focused on the, the results, the designation. Okay. Um, success is actually about the process, you know, the journey that you take. It's not always about the designation. Okay. Just like life. Um, we all end up at the same place. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, that's a, that's an insurance salesman joke. <laughs> well, <no>, actually, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we, we all, you know, that's expected, you know, we're, we, we all know where we go. Okay. And, uh, you know, but everybody's got a different journey. How we get there is different for everyone. So what, what's unique about life is the journey that's going, going to end up in the destination, right? It's not about the, the final destination. So what I would recommend is, you know, uh, instead of just focus on the destination, um, you know, enjoy the process, right? Uh, enjoy the journey um, that you're going, you know, going this path that you're going on. Um, so if I look back, you know, my, my career, you know, we're just using, you know, our careers as example today, you know, so, um, and a lot of people can relate to because we all have a job, we all have a career, right? So we understand this. So if I just look at my career, I look back, you know, I know that right now I'm enjoying that fruit, that hard work that I put in, right? And then thank God that I did not quit, you know, even though there's so many times that I wanted to quit, but I didn't. I just hung around. I continue to try, right? Do you but I look back. Do you think that's because you're gritty or you didn't know any other options or you're just too lazy to explore any other options? No, it, it was, uh, <laughs> um, I just felt like I knew uh, I was going on the right track, you know? 
because I knew that every time I changed my, my, um, my technique, you know, uh, the, the way I did things, it changed a little bit. It worked a little bit. So I wasn't just focusing on, you know, the big goal, like, Hey, I want to be on stage. I want to be recognized. I want to make all this money. You know, I was focusing on like, a just, okay, let's try this. If this works. Right. So next time I tried it, it worked. And then it made me just a little bit happier, you know, got a little bit more confidence. So it adds up, right? Every appointment I had, I remember, I will reveal it on the way back, you know, while driving, I will think about, go, go, I will go through the entire process I just did with this client. And then I will think about it. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? You know, what worked, what not, you know, what should I done? You know, what should I try next time? Every single appointment, think about it. If I had a lot more, that's why activity is so important because I had so many appointments, right? I booked a lot of appointments. So that means even though I fail a lot, but I got pra- I practice, I got to practice a lot more than the people that didn't have a lot of appointments. So a lot of right? people measure success by, especially in sales and production and numbers, right? So how many deals do we close? How many items do we sell? But people often neglect to the, you're right, the, the journey, right? How many calls did you make? And one thing I, I realized that most successful salespeople do, sales is a numbers game. The more you call, the more you dial, the more you contact, the more bigger your network, the more successful you're going to be. And a lot of that is purely by doing the work, right? Um, if you're gonna make 200 calls and you get 200 rejections, you know, the cliche thing is, hey, you're 200 calls closer to your sale, but also you accumulated so much more knowledge in that 200 calls. Uh, the unsuccessful sell people, sales people, and people who really shouldn't belong in sales are going to make 200 calls, and then they're going to say, I tried 200 times. They've all hung up on me. I learned nothing. This is really hard, and they didn't adjust their technique call to call. The successful people clearly continue to poke holes, figured out what worked, what didn't work, and dial in their sales matrix to become unstoppable, right? So we talk about insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. There's thousands of salespeople who show up at nine o'clock, dial to five o'clock, hang up, go home, and those people shouldn't be in sales. The really successful people are the ones who kind of think outside the box, right? So instead of calling, this is like a Jordan Belfort story, but rather than calling nine to five, because that's when secretaries and gatekeepers and everyone is there to get you from the decision maker, he would call like at seven in the morning, or he would call like at 6.30 or seven o'clock at night when everyone else is home. But the decision maker, the business owner, the CEO is still in the office. He would call, often they would pick up and he would be able to talk, ask questions, figure out what they need, and then, uh, and then sell from there. Um, but most people say, hey, I'm gonna work from Monday to Friday, nine to five, and, and that's that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of what you're saying is success is not the end goal. Um, and one thing that I constantly tell, you know, my new agents is I could train you on how, you know, I did it and I built a business, but really what work for me is probably not going to work for you. We all have to find our own journeys. Um, but above all, and no matter what you do, I think the ability to find solutions to problems is really important. And I don't think anyone who has achieved any tier of measurable success um, are also not problem solvers. Every one of them has figured out how to solve some unique set of problems. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, you know, I also wanna point out is that, you know, I remember, I think um, another thing that worked for me was that I, if you think about it, you know, I, I mentioned that I failed a lot. Okay. I failed more than I succeeded. If you add it up, I can, I guarantee you. <laughs> so, but if I just focus on 
the failures, I would have been miserable. I would have been, I would have quit a long time ago. So uh, I remember, in fact, and at the time that I wanted to quit was the time that I thought about my failure. Okay, I thought I was doing a cr- crappy job, but but I, I learned, you know, somehow how to focus on the success, you know, the successful stories, you know, the times that I succeeded, basically. And then I learned, and you know, why did it, why did that work, right? Why did that work, and then why why did did the other things I tried didn't work, right? So so I focused a little more on you know. Uh, the success it had and also focus on the problem solving, you know, uh, like you said, how do I actually fix this problem instead of focusing on how did I, Oh, why did I fail? Like, you know, like, like, Oh my God, I failed, you know, but I'm, I'm really just, you know, focusing on like, okay, what did I do? How did I fail? How did you know, how do I improve? And let's, what, what can I try later? Right. So that's kind of what I thought, you know, instead of focusing on the negative things, focus on, you know, the, uh, the better things that, you know, the good things, right. The success you had. When did you come to that, uh, that conclusion? When did that first, you know, uh, when the light bulb go off in your head, when did that first inception point come? Um, I think that it came pretty early on. I, uh, fortunately actually came pretty on. Um, if you remember, I, I mentioned that, you know, there was one point that I had to turn my, uh, change my mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was huge for me, not only for my business, but for my life later on, you know, that mindset that, okay, why am I taking so personal about these people rejecting me? Right. That was big for me. Um, because, you know, inside of me that, you know, instead of thinking, you know, you know, you know, picking up the phone, you know, uh, fighting over it, you know, I don't want to call, you know, I actually, wanted to call i actually felt great about cold calling i was like probably the only guy that enjoyed cold calling after a while <laughs> you know it was like a game for me so i just wanted to do it get appointments <laughs> yeah oh man you you reminded me um a, a fellow kind of business owner um was asking us how we did one-on-ones because he dreads it right he loves the group meetings he loves like the huddles and he loves meeting with his team as a whole every week but he dreads the one-on-ones and when I think wording really matters because when he came he mentioned how do you guys have great one-on-ones because I hate one-on-ones I'm not good at it I always have a crazy a not good experience and it's not something I look forward to and I think the easiest way to solve those things is change a few words, right? Instead of like, I hate cold calling. Like, I love cold calling. I love, mm-hmm. look forward to cold calling. And exactly. I basically told him to, you know, what really worked for me in that capacity is embrace the things that you actually don't like. So when I wake up in the morning, I love getting that workout in, right? I'm looking forward to the workout, even though that's clearly not going on. I look forward to result. But in his scenario, you know, how can he change his mindset to, I love the one-on-ones. I look forward to having the one-on-ones and I look forward to helping, you know, my employees grow and they, and them to succeed their goals, right? Because I think that's really what we do as leaders and business owners you have to incentivize, incentivize uh, inspire, and motivate um, those around you. Right. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Um, so I, another point is uh, I, I also believe that success is actually a um, part of the process of a creation. Um, that's how everything is created because, you know, th- the process of creation goes almost like this, right? So, you know, everything that how is, everything's created. We have a thought about it, right? And then our emotions telling us, hey, you gotta do this, you know, we, we get that motivation. And then we set a goal, say, okay, I'm gonna do this by this time, okay? So, and then you work towards it. And finally, you reach your goal, you achieve your goal. And then guess what? You reset your goal. You say, okay, I've done this. Now what? Oh, I want to make that. I want to do this. It's a, it's a, it's a process of a creation. This is how exactly everything's created. 
without it, without this process, nothing will be done. Nothing will be created. So that is, um, that's growth versus like um, finite mindset, right? So earlier in our lives, I think we had a more finite mindset, right? I want to retire when I was 30. You wanted to be worth 10 billion when you were 40, right? But you don't think past that. You don't think, what does that mean? And what do you want to do? Because when you achieve, even when you have 10 million in the bank account, you're working for other things. There's other things that you want to do. You know, sitting here today and thinking about what you would do with that, it's probably a difficult uh, question to answer. But if you work towards it and you magically get there, it's not the end of your journey. You, you don't just say, hey, I did it. That's it. I'm done, right? Um, you always want more at that point. Not exactly more monetary, but you want to make a bigger impact. You want to do other things. There's other interests and other hobbies and other wants and desires at that point. Um, right. So that being said, um, I thought it would be fun to re-ask the question, if you had 10 billion in your bank right now, what would you do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my answer will be so much, my, my, my answer is definitely gonna be different. Um, at the time I, I had no idea. Um, and you know, what I discovered, although, you know, that throughout that process, even though I didn't achieve $10 billion, uh, but through that process, what I discovered was my true purpose in life, you know, my true, um, uh, you know, what I really want in life. Um, I know what I knew at the time was that I did not want anything material. It didn't do anything to me or for me, right? Um, so, so after that, you know, uh, in the last over a decade, um, and I, I kept trying to figure it out, what exactly do I want? Well, my passion was. So I discovered, you know, my passion was to help people, actually. Simple as that. Uh, I found myself the hype happiest when I help. At the time, I had the opportunity to help other new advisors in the office and coaching them and um, uh, helping them to grow their business practice. I found that really uh, reward, rewarding for me. So, um, so from there, I discovered that, you know, that's kind of my calling. I love helping people. That intangible reward for me is worth more than $10 billion. So now if I had $10 billion right now, I will be doing something, try to help everybody or as many people as I can, you know, people that, you know, um, the money that, that will be useful to them, of course, uh, to create impact, you know, positive impact in these people's lives. So uh, whatever that, that is, you know, I will use the money to do that, you know. I wouldn't be buying yachts and, you know, like I, I just, just doesn't do much for me, you know. So that, that comes back to, again, you know, my goal now, success, you know, to me is actually very simple now. Just want to live a very peaceful life, <laughs> you know, and uh, um, positively influence the people around me and hopefully more people uh, in the world and be part of this, you know, uh, making the world a better place, you know, do my part, make that contribution. So the world become a better place. But I also know how, how I get there is by improving myself. And I have set the goal, you know, a life goal is to continuously improve myself because to change the world, I have to change myself, you know? Um, and, and that's basically my goal now. And uh, if I can live a life that, I can continuously impact other people's life, you know, consciously in a positive way. I have lived a successful life. And I, I know that I will enjoy that journey, you know, forever. And nothing, whatever happens to me will not bring me down. I know that, you know. So that is success for me now. So you brought up something that's interesting. When you were younger, you wanted to be on the Forbes list, right? Top 100 or top 10 you want to be at the top of that richest person. 
you know, in, in the world, or at least in the top 10, right? Uh, in, in the last like 20 years, that's changed quite a bit. It was, it was uh, Bill Gates for a long time. And it's funny, you see them go deep into like philanthropy, right? Warren Buffett's also up there. And today you have like Elon Musk and, um, and a couple other guys who have gone up there, Jeff Bezos, right? And especially his wife, McKinsey. Um, there's also another list. There's something called the giving pledge, right? So um, the giving pledge is open to basically billionaires. Um, and what it is, is by the time they die, they will give away or um, donate or deed uh, half of, at least half of their net worth into charitable causes, whatever it is. Um, and what people I found out was people of that wealth, you think it's easy just to give it away. Um, I mean, the guy who founded the duty-free stores, he was su successful into giving away all his wealth, right? I think 80 billion is what he ended up giving away. Uh, and he's like, uh, he basically has an apartment down in Southern California now and he's technically broke. But um, what people realize is giving away that much money is actually really difficult to do um, because what people realized is there's only so many libraries, there's only so many science buildings, there's only so many college campuses or uh, performing arts that you could give to and change the name, right? Um, there's only so many libraries that could carry, you know, Wang Library or um, Wang Hall or, or, or something like that, right? Um, and I, I kind of believe in that because there's also a legacy component to that, right? I mean, you could just, I think there's someone did the math and said, you know, hey, Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates has enough to buy everyone in the United States a Honda of a Honda Accord, right? And there are thousands of people just say, well, why don't they? Because I could use a Honda Accord, right? But does that really do any good, right? For someone who could actually use the car, sure. But for most of us, no. In fact, it creates more problems. How are you gonna pay for the insurance on that thing? How are you gonna maintain it? How are you going to keep it on the road? And by the way, that was like 10 years ago. Don't you want a new car now, right? Um, are, is, are you gonna want Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos to buy you a new Honda Accord, right? It doesn't work like that. It, it's way better to teach people skills and the ability to create uh, wealth and the path of success themselves. Yeah. But also to answer that question, you know, with 10 billion in my bank, I'd recruit, I'd enroll my buddy, uh, Matt down in Southern California or, uh, Katie over here. Um, these are two people that have experience into traveling to third world countries and really making a difference. Uh, Matt, you know, is constantly building schools at least once a year in Latin America uh, Katie's traveled kind of all over Europe and Central uh, America, uh, right, uh, with uh, toothbrushes, crayons, uh, school goods for kids and villages. And I would love to empower them in what they do, kind of join them for a little bit of the journey, but um, create immediate impact. I mean, 10 billion bucks in my bank account, that's what I do right now. Let's waste a little bit. Let's have a good right. time. And yeah. let's, let's make a small dent and let's figure out how we could uh, contribute and we could grow that sustainably. Right. And I also believe that, you know, uh, it's good that, you know, we can give away money and material things, you know, that's what, you know, a lot of people need in this world. Um, I also believe that, you know, there are definitely different ways to make contributions <clears throat> to the world, you know. And uh, everybody's got a different calling. Everybody's passionate about different things. Some people may be passionate about giving money. Some people are passionate about volunteering at homeless shelters or like your friends, you know, they're, you know, going to these third world countries, volunteering, you know. So there's so many different ways, you know, to, to basically make a contribution in the world. So uh, I believe that my calling is to help people to, uh, to work on themselves, you know, to improve themselves. Um, and I believe that, you know, a lot of us, there are a lot of sufferings in this, in, in life is created by our own mind. 
so my my calling is to help these people to overcome some of these struggles and sufferings, starting with you know within, starting with their own mind, you know, have a better have a have a good mindset, you know. And, uh, um, you know, it's kind of a, like you said, you know, instead of giving them the fish, you know, teach them how to fish. Right. So uh, that's kind of my calling, I feel like, you know, and, um, you know, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on calling and messaging on another podcast, but I did want to bring it back into, you know, success and how that contributes. So I think that's you're you're teaching people how to you're, you're doing the hard work of teaching people how to fish, right? How to show up and, and, and how to put in the work. Um, where was a moment where you felt, was there a moment this year or last year where you felt you, like you had a breakthrough or a moment that you would call a uh, success? Last year or this? Say the last you're time. Talking about- yeah, about a couple of years ago. Uh, after uh, our uh, little camping trip, and um, um, you know, for for about a month or two, I started searching for answers, and um, and then uh, since then, you know, um, I felt like that's that was really when my real true journey began, um, and I had the awakening moment that you know what life is all about. Um, and that kind of led me to this point, what I believe, um, I truly believe that, you know, to, uh, to, to help the world, you know, uh, and I, I do see the problem, you know, I, I can't solve the problem by myself. I can't, I don't have the absolute answer to the problem, but I see a problem. So just to cut yeah. you in there, that was kind of a flexion point because knowing you, that was like a big failure point in your life right? That was like, you, you kind of, you didn't hit rock bottom, but it kind of spiritually or mentally, you kind of hit rock bottom on, on that trip. And, um, and then you had to figure out how to rebound or rebuild. Right. So the point I wanted to draw from that is there's no success without failure. And we all have to fail. We all have to understand what we don't like and, and what we, are not made for and what we're not put here for to understand where we need to go, right? Because sometimes we're just marching and running like in the wrong path and then we're not happy, but we're running towards and all of a sudden you hit a point where you realize that's not where I want to go, right? And I think life and success is really about finding pivots and finding solutions to problems, but actively going after it. Yeah, like you know, um, it's it's a journey, uh, and enjoy the journey. Embrace it. Embrace all the failures. Uh, embrace all the struggles, because they are there to teach you lessons to improve you, so you can be successful one day. You can achieve your goals. I truly believe in that because, again, looking back my life, that's exactly what happened. You can ask so many people; they will tell you the same thing. You. For example, probably tell me the same thing. How many times have you failed, you know, to get to where you are here? I, I've you know, witnessed, you know, a couple of times myself, you changed a couple of partners, you know, just for this, you know, this company that you have right now in the oh, last just, few years. Just within Metis. Yeah. I, I fired, yeah. Uh, I fired, gosh, two people I spent the majority of my professional career with. I thought we were really, you know, completely just lost, you know friendships and you know even though you would call them friends it's not like we talked that relationship is gone you know that 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 one time where we said you know hey let's come over and have beers <laughs> look ever since that point we haven't sat together and had beers that relationship is gone right we may be acquaintances we're definitely no longer you know hard to say you know uh call it friends or whatnot i mean with facebook and linkedin today you're all connected but um I don't reach out to them, you know, to invite them to holiday parties or social gatherings or any of that. And in addition to that, relationships are a two-way street, right? It's not one person reaching out. Both have to reach out. Both want to be there. Um, And, you know, first year in Metis, a lot of people would have just given up, you know, one year, you know, um, a ton of money into into marketing and and 
building the business and developing the brand. And I think we had zero or like one sell. We made like a whopping, I don't know, like 12 grand or something, right? Um, but, you know, that's it. A lot of people just give up way too early and they don't believe in themselves. I doubled down. I ran the whole thing myself and somehow pulled it off in the next two years. Yeah. You see, the greatest joy we have really is by looking back our, you know, our journey to this point and to see how did we do, right? And from that point, we continue this journey, right? It's like every time it was succeeded, we reset it. And we succeeded, we reset it, right? And that's how we continue to get better and better. You know, so again, it's a process of creation, right? So um, I enjoy it. I love it, you know, so. So we're going to kind of wrap up on that note. Sunny, what are you going to tell the listener that is thinking, you know, great Wallace, great Sunny. I'm glad you feel like you achieved something in this life. I just don't think that's for me. I don't think I'm ever going to get there. Um, what parting words or parting shots would you give this person? I'll say it again, whatever, you know, it is, if, uh, if that makes you happy, okay, then that's okay. Uh, success does not mean that you have to have money. You have to have a big house, a car, um, any of that, right? The point of today's show is to, to show you that, you know, me and Wallace are also different, right? We have different goals. The definition of success to us is very different. So whatever that means to you, you're going to have to find it on your own, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, as long as you're happy, have a joyful life, enjoy the journey, don't worry about the failures, you will succeed in life. Trust me, just don't give up. I think just uh, adding to your point, um, don't worry about the whole financial things. Don't worry about the journey. I think first and foremost, it's discovering who you are and um, being proud of yourself and having the confidence to go out there and achieve what you want to achieve. But that all starts from within, understanding who you are, what you want, and where you want to go. And if you can't answer those three questions, then work on that first, rather than trying to succeed at anything called success. Once you understand who you are, what you want to do and what you want to achieve, I think you're unstoppable. So that's what I'm gonna end this in episode three with. Great. So um, thank you for joining. If you enjoy this podcast, you know, rate us, review us, it does matter. It, allows us to reach more people and um, allows uh, us to grow our audience as well. Um, by us helping you, you're helping us and um, it's a cyclical thing. So we'll see you in episode four. See ya. <laughs>